Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself wrap up our discussion on Article 1 of the Augsburg Confession, looking at a passage from the New Testament. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I have with me my loopy friends. <laughs> Pastor Jason Goodo. Oh, come on. You didn't do it in Irish one. Come on. <laughs> my Irish accent, one, isn't good. And two always devolves into a really bad Australian accent. <laughs> and I am Pastor Brian. Durant, and we are part of the Being Lutheran podcast. Yes. And we are talking about the Trinity today. Yay. How excited are you on a scale of one I, to ten? Oh, I love this. You know, being vulnerable, just a yeah. little, little bit. Um, I had a bad, kind of a bad week, you know, I haven't mm-hmm. been feeling good physically and, yeah. and mentally. And all of a sudden... I kind of forgot that we were talking about the Trinity today, mm-hmm. and I pulled up the sheet, and I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> the, the fist pump, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for this. And and I kind of mm-hmm. needed it because, Good. I don't know, I, I just thinking, just, again, as I shared a couple episodes ago, it was very formative to me, and it was very personal. And so as intimate as we talked about last time, as God creating humanity, mm-hmm. that potter and the clay uh, picture that's painted in Jeremiah and other portions of Scripture— God did that with with forming and creating a further sense of faith and belief mm-hmm. in who he is and expanding my mind, because I can't understand it, but giving me what I need mm-hmm. out of nothing mm-hmm. and, and creating this ability to understand to a greater degree the great God who created the universe, mm-hmm. everything in it, me, and the faith that I now um, reside mm-hmm. in because of Christ, what Christ yeah, has done. And awesome. Man, yeah. And it becomes personal. We see the extent of God as creator God and the new creation aspect you brought up last episode and how we're going to touch on that again today. And just the beauty, how God has just totally chosen uh, to reveal himself and to not leave us without hope and to send our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And both of all three of us just preached Ash Wednesday mm-hmm. yesterday. We're recording these podcasts, you know, February 27th. Ash Thursday. Yeah, Ash <laughs> Thursday. And, uh, you know, I, I just really, I'm just so grateful that I'm a, I have an excitement for this. And I'm praying that, again, as the listener, as we look at the first article, as you stated in the first uh, episode, that sometimes we just want to get past the first article and kind of get to this other stuff. Let's get to our benefits. I'd say, well, let's slow down and let's talk about the God who creates these benefits. Mm-hmm. Amen. Let's let's ascribe value and worth to the triune God of creation for his holiness, his awesome nature, and his mercy. Mm-hmm. Yep, very good. So we are um, doing our New Testament Bible study in this episode. And thanks for listening to the last couple episodes. And uh, we are in John 1 today, John 1, 14 through 18. I'll read that for us. And uh, we can riff from there. So it says, and the word of God, word. <laughs> I'm in a recording Sorry. studio, Brian. Yeah, so I got it. I made an air guitar motion, which I probably shouldn't have done. I was interrupting you. Reading the word. Very reverent. Very reverent. <laughs> little Bill and Ted action there. Oh, oh sorry. Awesome. Um, so right. Please forgive me. Yeah. Brett, Start again. Yeah. You are forgiven. Uh, all right. John 1 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as, the, as, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, 
He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Here ends a scripture reading. Amen. Amen. Now, some of you might be wondering, why did they choose that? Doesn't that only talk about Jesus? But verse 18 is the is the verse we kind of want to really focus on. The rest of it obviously leads up. And actually, um, verse 18 is a summary of what comes before it. Um, and so many of us, when we're asked about, oh, pick a verse that it expresses the gospel. A lot of us would go to John 3.16. And I know I've shared this earlier in other podcasts, but a lot of the early church fathers would have gone to John 1.18. John, as he was carried along by the Holy Spirit, begins in in verse 18, no one has ever seen God. And he's talking about that eternal, internal, eminent aspect of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. Um, Moses asked to see God's glory, and and God's like, no, you can't and live. And he was in a cleft of a rock or something like that, and God used a metaphorical hand to shield him and show him the backside of his glory. Mm -hmm. And, And so that's the thing that we need to understand. So no one has ever seen that. No one has ever seen that aspect of the triune God. God, Jesus, who is at the Father's side, in a literal translation, would be in the Father's bosom, the oneness again Mm. of the triune God. He has made the triune God known. And Jesus, as he revealed the one God of Israel in a more complicated way, it begins in the be- right, in, right in the beginning of his ministry as he enters in and he's baptized by John the Baptist. With two human senses, all three persons of the Trinity are experienced by those there. Jesus is in, in the Jordan River. The Father speaks from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased and the Holy Spirit defend, descends like a dove and rests upon Jesus, not initially anointing him, but confirming and affirming that this is the Messiah, the Spirit-anointed Messiah that's been prophesied all throughout the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's a beautiful thing to acknowledge and understand. But at the same time, even though Jesus reveals the Father, again, as we said last episode, you get one person of the Trinity, you get them all. And the triune God is working in, in, in creation, in, re, in creating new life in, as a new creation, and continuing to create faith and build our, our belief in who this great God is and what he has done for us through Christ Jesus. And the, and the key to all of this starts at verse 14. You know, we started the last verse of the passage, mm-hmm. but yes. the key is the word became flesh. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here again, we lose it in translation and dwelt among us. Now, that's good incarnation language, and yeah. we want to talk yeah. about the flesh and blood person of God living among us. But the, the, the literal translation of that word dwelt is tabernacled yeah. among us. And mm-hmm. that is a really interesting theological concept that's being imported mm-hmm. into this because yeah. It was the, Old the Testament. Yeah, it was the tabernacle and yes. then the temple mm-hmm. where God revealed his presence yes. to his children. And yes. so it was, this is the place I've caused my name to rest. Uh, the, you have the tabernacle and then the temple filling up with mm-hmm. smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the Holy of Holies and the punishment of Nadab and Abihu yep. for uh, you know approaching God with, with unlawful fire. Yep. Leviticus. Uh, and... Jesus is the fulfillment of that image. It mm-hmm. is. 
and even the mercy seat, you think of the yep. word, because the word propitiation that's in several places in the New Testament scripture was also used in the Septuagint for the mercy seat, the place and the means by which redemption is found. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why when Jesus, in predicting his death so many times in the Gospels, he, he tells the Pharisees, destroy this temple mm-hmm. and I will raise it up again in three days. It's not just a, a metaphor, it's, mm-hmm. it's an actual truth that he's saying that this temple that you have with the giant stones that Herod laid and what did it take 45 some odd years to construct the mm-hmm. the, the temple in Jerusalem that was around during the time of the gospels mm-hmm. that temple is the type mm-hmm. it, it is it is the shadow it's yeah. the signpost right. that it, leads it, it, yeah. to something, and something else and yep. the temple is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Wherever you find Jesus, there you find God. And he's building a temple in the church yeah. that made of human hands for the spirit of God right to dwell. And we're, we're temples of the Holy Spirit. Yep. yep. Both individually and corporately. Right. And it's, yep. just a, it's a beautiful, yep. beautiful picture. Um, as Jesus or John expresses this about Jesus being the one who reveals the triune God. We think about several conversations that Christ had with his, uh, his disciples. Uh, Philip asked him, show us the father and it is enough. Mm-hmm. Jesus is like, what do you mean? Haven't I been with you so long that you don't understand that if you see me, you see the father. Me, I and the, the father. father are one. Mm-hmm. And then in the midst of I and the father are one is the fullness of the Holy spirit that is resting on Christ given to him without measure, as it says in the Gospel of John. And it's in that same discourse in John where Jesus later goes on to say, uh, I'm going to send the counselor. Yeah. I'm going mm-hmm. to send the advocate. Yes. I'm going, yep. and, and it's the connection of that whole thought, that whole unit in John that you have father to son, son to spirit as one unit. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's a great insight. And from there, again, if we just try to stay in our passage doing the Bible study that we're doing, verse 16 has always fascinated me. Mm. Uh, for from his fullness, I think that is a specifically and an intentionally Trinitarian word. Amen. From, yeah. mm-hmm. from his mm-hmm. fullness, I agree. we have all received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace, yeah. Uh, Lutheran commentator, a guy by the name of R.C.H. Lenski, Mm. uh, we're familiar, says in that verse, the image that you get from this grace upon grace is waves on the seashore. Mm. That the grace is never exhausted. It never runs out. Yeah, the inexhaustible well that never runs dry. Every every Mm. wave is followed up by another wave. Mm. And and it it speaks to the, the... the the massiveness mm-hmm. of God and and this is where you start to build the comfort in this passage yeah. mm-hmm. is that the grace that we have is such a wonderful treasure because mm-hmm. it is grace from God yeah. Yeah. right it also kicks against the heresies we addressed early yeah. on in earlier episodes the the idea that Jesus was a created being mm-hmm. or that he wasn't fully God or that he wasn't fully human either mm-hmm. it really kind of handles both sides of those heresies yeah. It's, uh, I mean, again, the consistency of scripture uh, really flows from the consistency of the person mm-hmm. and identity of God, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, the, the God that we worship, the God that gives us grace is this God that is holding it all together and pointing us in all these directions that are connected. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, even in Christ's ministry in Luke chapter four, and Jesus full of the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And how active. And of course, Jesus is there to provide salvation through his life, death, and resurrection as he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and it was according to the Father's will. Again, just we have to always understand the redemption that Christ Jesus brought to us 
really from a Trinitarian perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we do that, we do a great disservice uh, to Scripture and to the person of, of God. I think it's interesting at this point, uh, in some circles, the doctrine of the Trinity kind of almost gets held up as one of these ivory tower doctrines that aren't <laughs> or accessi- academic yeah, pursuits, I, are, yeah. that aren't accessible. And so hmm. maybe we ought to address since again this is the foundational article of the very most Lutheran confession that there is. Mm-hmm. What is the value of confessing the Trinity, studying the Trinity, knowing about the Trinity? not only to us as Lutheran pastors, as we preach and as we minister, but to your everyday run-of-the-mill Christian living in the real world. I mean, that's, mm, that's, that's, that's all, the only thing all of us ever are. There's no hierarchies of, you know, just because we're pastors, we're not a different class of Christian than lay yep, people. No, yep. But for, for those of us that just live in the real world and interact with our next door neighbors and buy carrots at the grocery store <laughs> and, and listen to Flame on Spotify. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> you see that? Yeah. You're welcome, Flame. Uh, uh, for, in our real lives... Hmm. Why should we worry about the Trinity? Why should it bring us so much comfort? Because it's it, it's the only way we can understand what it means to be an image bearer of God. And of course, as uh, Adam and Eve were the image bearers of God before sin and entered into the world, after sin en- entered into the world, that is in a sense restored in part through Christ Jesus as new creations in Christ Jesus. But then it's, it has to do with vocation, really. Uh, as far as the image bearer of God, it's like, well, how now do I live? Well, I live in a relationship with God and I re- live in a relationship with each other. Uh, you've got that relationship with God, the vertical aspect, and then the mm-hmm. horizontal aspect, yeah. that the, the fullness of God that transforms my life and informs my life is then for my neighbor mm-hmm. to be that walking, talking billboard for Jesus Christ, that priesthood of all believers. And and that really is carried out in vocation. And also as a spouse. Vocation. Yes. As a, as a spouse, it informs us honestly, how do we love our wife? How do mm-hmm. wives love their yeah. husbands? In this beautiful picture of, of God and the Trinity. Yeah, marriage is Trinitarian. Oh, my word. Mm-hmm. It is so, it's mm-hmm. so beautiful when you can understand that. So actually for the everyday believer in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus, it has a great deal more to do with our life mm-hmm. and our vocation than yep. we give it credit for. Yeah, it's time and time and time and time and time again on this podcast, I've insisted that we look at the Christian life as being two parts, Mm -hmm. uh, assurance of salvation and vocation. Mm -hmm. The Trinity informs and impacts both those halves of the Christian life. From the perspective of the assurance of salvation, Mm -hmm. the existence of the Trinity, it is God's the Father's will that we might be saved. It is God's the God the Father's or God the Son's activity mm-hmm. that we are saved. In fact, God died mm-hmm. and God rose again, and it was in my place and for me. Mm-hmm. And then it is God the Holy Spirit that mm-hmm. carries that message from God's Word mm-hmm. that creates faith out of nothing, mm-hmm. animates my faith, and sustains my faith until 
my faith becomes sight in eternity. Hmm. Yeah. So from the assurance of salvation, the concept of the Trinity is what gives me assurance of salvation, yeah, yeah, right. that all of the things done for me have been done by God. Yep. Because Christ, as that, in verse yep. 18, Christ is the one who revealed God yeah, and his say, plan he's, of salvation. He's revealed us. He revealed yep. himself to yeah. us. Yep. And, and, and his plan of mm-hmm. salvation, as Jason mm-hmm. said, that everything of vocation, and I'm so glad you clarified that, must flow out of the assurance of faith. Mm-hmm. Well, it must. And, and I, I, do, I don't think the church talks enough about how salvation is God's will. More often than not, when I hear salvation talked, it almost comes with an implication that it was God's plan B. Mm. Well, you guys hosed it up. Yeah. Didn't listen to God in the garden. So he said, all right, I guess I'll save you. No, no it was. Ephesians reminds us. We are created true. to be saved. Yeah. Yep. And, and it, it, you know, first Timothy two, four, God wills that all men be saved and come to knowledge of truth. Uh, Ezekiel 33, among other places, God takes no delight in the death of the Amen. wicked. Yep. And, and you cannot underscore that it is the, the Trinity g- g- divine unity, yep. three in one, God, father, son, Holy spirit. It is his utmost desire that you would be saved and it is his utmost activity that you are saved because Christ completed the work of redemption yeah. and it is, is his utmost ministry that he carries that message and creates the faith for you to grasp it. Well, and you think about it, if you really um, start to look at scripture and you look at Christ being the prophet that's prophesied in Deuteronomy 18, I will put my words in him and he will speak for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so mm-hmm. when you, like as Jesus said to Philip, as Jesus speaks, he's only speaking for himself. He's speaking from a Trinitarian perspective that this is the triune God's will. You know, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? You know, mm-hmm. uh, those 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 rhetorical questions come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, yeah, and right. I will give you rest. And um, my peace I leave with you, you know, mm-hmm. and my peace I give you, not as the world gives. All of these things that point toward assurance of faith is, is really a beautiful picture because as we can rest in that freedom of Christ, rest in the victory of Christ Jesus, then as part of our vocation, not because we have to, but because we want to, because of what Christ has done for us, us, we can live our lives out as image bearers mm-hmm. of God in a way that proclaims the Trinity, not mm-hmm. just Jesus, not just yeah. the Holy Spirit, yeah. not just the Father, but it proclaims the triune God of creation. Mm-hmm. And, and vocationally speaking, we've talked about the Trinitarian implications of marriage. There's Trinitarian implications to parenting, the mm-hmm. father-son relationship that is modeled for us in the Trinity. There's, uh, I mean, it's all over. One question I have for you, Brett, really quick. Mm-hmm. You're the counseling expert mm. among the three of us. What about that facet? When, when someone comes into your office, mm-hmm. is, is what is the Trinity, you know, the, the confession of the Trinity, the doctrine mm-hmm. of the Trinity, the mm-hmm. truth and reality of the Trinity, how does that impact a pastoral counseling situation. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we, we were talking a bit about relationship and, and our relationship with God in terms of how he's uh, revealed who he is. And I think in those instances, uh, prayer, you know, we, we say our father mm-hmm. um, and we, we know that God's spirit is working to reveal our sin and to bring the comfort of his grace to bear um, in whatever situation we might be counseling in. Um, so you, you see the Trinity all over that too. Um, and there's there's probably a bunch of different other ways to go, but it probably depends on... Yeah, it gets a little bit specific, situational yeah, specific. Right. But, but it's mm-hmm. always toward reconciliation. Yeah. And that, again, is the triune God's plan, mm-hmm. you know, is not only reconciliation of us, between us and God, but each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and we think about confession, we think about First yep. John chapter 1, as you walk in the light, as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. It almost starts horizontally. You know, it kind of, even though we, we 
we have assurance of faith already happening in that verse because you know John at that point is talking to believers, so assurance of faith is is mm-hmm, part of that. Mm-hmm. But he starts with this horizontal aspect: you know, fellowship yeah. with one another, and, mm-hmm. and the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. And the, mm-hmm. and the unity mm-hmm. of the Trinity is the model for unity in the church. And there's yep. another vocational aspect. Yeah, high priestly prayer yep. of Christ in John 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just so many things we could talk about and, and go on and on. But I think the, the beautiful thing that we can all understand is, number one, that Jesus reveals God in a very personal, intimate way uh, through his salvation and through the living word of God. Uh, he also reveals the nature of the Trinity in that this was God's plan from the very beginning. And it was God's desire for you to be saved, for you mm-hmm. to walk in, in the assurance of salvation that comes from Christ Jesus, and then pass that uh, to participate in those good works that God prepared beforehand, mm-hmm. as it says in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. All of that goes uh, toward not only glorifying God in our personal relationship with him because of what Christ has done, walking in the Holy Spirit, again, in Christ's righteousness, according to the Father's will for our lives, in our vocation, and our everyday lives. It, it's just a wonderful privilege uh, to somehow be that image bearer of God in a redeemed way that totally proclaims the grace and mercy of the great God of creation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. So with that, I thought we would kind of go back to the Old Testament and that uh, several early church fathers also uh, would see Isaiah chapter 6, specifically verse 3, as the three holies, as the three persons mm-hmm. of the Trinity and the holiness of God, the united Yahweh, the word Yahweh that's in that verse 2, that also talks about the Trinity. And so in Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 3, it says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each with six wings, and two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the Augsburg Confession and its relevance to the church today. God bless you and have a great week.